We took a little bit longer there because I didn't want to even do the show. I just want to sit there and listen to the rest of the record. Welcome to Hellcast. We have a very cool show lined up. We will be talking to Ustu Malagam, the vocalist of Denial of God. Uh, Denial of God is coming out with a new album, Death and the Beyond. I have heard it, and I think it's fantastic. A little bit on the sad side, but fantastic, and I think they do it very well. I'm very excited for them. I'm very excited to be owning one when it comes out, and I'm very excited that we will be talking to them. Well, I think you'll be talking to me. I'm very excited to. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, we we said fuck you to Eddie and just said get the hell out of there, and I'm just going to do it. No, no, no. Too many cooks in one kitchen. We don't want to go on everywhere. Like one, you know, too many questions. One, you know, left to right, and it's our first international. Interview, and I'm very excited about that, and I think it's going to go very well. We're going to be doing it uh, via Skype. Skype's going to be hooking up, so we'll get a really nice audio quality out of that one. Uh, so it'd be a lot easier to follow than the past, and hopefully that's a thing of the future too to kind of keep that going on, so we can get a better audio quality going on. And I think I'm just going to shut the fuck up. I'm going to turn up Merciful Fate and just listen to the rest of that record. But uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to. Kind of introduced you to newer stuff. I guess that's what we do, huh? So, uh, without further ado, I guess, thank you for listening. And uh, let's go ahead with the first band, with Death Hammer. This is kind of fresh from Hell's Headbangers. Um, Didn't do my research, uh, but the song is Full Moon Sorcery, and the band, again, is Death Hammer.
Death Breath, obsessed by sodomy. What the fuck is going on with those guys? I was, I mean, that track, it, it, it's, it, I took it off MySpace. This is going old school, I guess. I was wondering, what the hell is going on with that band? I mean, that's been, I think, posted uh, since 2010. I think what's going on with them is the same thing as every other guy. They're obsessed with sodomy. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yes. You know, Nick Anderson is a very productive individual and uh, probably busy doing Imperial State Electric with... It's fine by me. I'm a very big fan of the band, and I'm sure you are as well. I am. I think that it's kind of focuses more on his uh, rock and roll and Imperial State Electric or uh, Helicopters before that. But I just think it's it's time for another Death uh, Breath record. Not time for another Death Breath record. If anyone has any information about that, uh, please write down in. So I stole that off of MySpace, and that's kind of old school. This is kind of funny. With the invention of all this social networking kind of crap, does that really help bands, do you think? Well, I think it helps them get exposure, but with the media these days, I think luckily this genre, these genres, the the hardcore, not hardcore music, but hardcore music fans... You know, they're going to go out and they're going to buy the records they want for the most part. You know, it's, I want the artwork and I want fucking, I want the vinyl. I want, of course. I want the CD. I want the this. I want the picture disc. I want whatever. I'm one of them. <laughs> but, you know, there's still people I know that would come to my house and they'd start going through my CDs and they'd bring their laptop over and start downloading it. And I'm like, dude, just spend the eight, ten bucks, twelve bucks to get the CD and right. support the band that, you know, you're going to go. It's good for exposure, but I, I wonder. I'm not very tech savvy. I, I, I don't know if it makes it easier to get get ripped off. I guess when you're you know when you're in a band, you just want your stuff out there. But at the same time, you know, you gotta pay some respect, literally and figuratively, to the artist. I, I'm sure. I'm sure overall it's positive because you know you hear about shows, you hear about you bands. do. But do you really get a sense of you post something and someone? legitimately goes that was really cool and i'm gonna buy that when it comes out or they just kind of go that was cool and then they click the like button and then fucking forget about it i don't know i think i think it depends on i don't know that's a good question because i think a lot of the stuff i buy it's either i know of it beforehand or word of mouth from friends i I don't know that there's anything on any of these websites that i've gone yeah i'm I'm gonna get this because of that Right, right right i think it's more like I, I don't know. It's, it's a I, question. It'd be kind of cool to hear what the people on the uh, out there have. That to say was about the fun. That's the funny fucking part. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking asked that question. I put it on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. I asked that question and I got one response. I got two responses from the same fucking person. <laughs> and it was like, God damn it, dude. Like, I got my answer. It doesn't mean a fucking thing. And I've concluded. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing. And that's what I was in fear of, is people just, they go on there. You're your fucking friend. Hey, he's my friend. He had me on Facebook. And check out this thing I worked long and hard on. 
really be just great. Say hard on? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I work long, long and hard on, and then you f- you post it on your stupid fucking page, and people just click that stupid ass like button to just become another fucker that the corporate America or corporate anywhere is watching because, whoa, hey, he really likes that. He likes this and he likes this shit. You know, he likes Walmart, so now we're going to fucking send him Walmart ads and all this crap. And it's just, it's like, dude, and I think a lot of people don't get it. I mean, whether or not it helps or not, that's fine because, you know, you don't, it doesn't, like, you don't get it, so now you're a part of the problem and there's no problem. But it's just a lot of people designate a lot of time thinking that it helps and i really wanted to discover perhaps if it helped or not and from my fucking findings and maybe we're like a really bad program to be the the basis for it but i think there's a lot to be said that we got one goddamn response so i'm gonna say this right now you better jump it up when I ask you a fucking question. <laughs> We're looking for a response. We want some sort of uh, correspondence. We want you to get involved. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of reaching out. But I guess where I was going with this is nowadays, you know, back in the day, it's like you got to put out a demo tape. You got to get it out there. You got to trade it. And then it blossoms. And so it eventually got to the point where, you know, you got to have a website. And now it doesn't seem you have to have a website anymore. You have to have a social networking site. From personal experience, you spend a lot of time posting shit like here's our past discography. Here's some tunes to listen to. And all you get out of it is a fucking like that someone that doesn't even fucking like it, honestly. I mean, and I've seen that, too. It's like someone that clearly admitted, I don't really like that kind of thing. And then you go on there, they like it. And you're yeah. just like, what is that shit? And it's just like, I don't think it helps. And I think the point I was trying to make is I think bands don't get discouraged with this bullshit. Keep your head in your music. Keep your head in trying to do something unique. Look at it like YouTube where you could do a cool music video or something that can make you stand apart from someone else and, and get an imagery out. And, I, and that's where I'm kind of going with this.
Raven, breath is mine 
Joining us is Ustu Malagam, the vocalist of Denial of God. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Good evening. Hello to the American ghouls. So Denial of God has been haunting the underground for the past 20 years or so with a unique style of black metal that sets you apart, in my opinion, from any cliche that you would expect from the genre. It is almost as if the band kind of fell into that label rather than uh, assigning the label to themselves, for lack of a better term, more or less. Was it your intent to create a sound for yourself, or was it something that just came naturally to you? We have always really just done what we wanted to do and played whatever came naturally to us. Um, even if you listen to the old demos now and compared to the new stuff, it's more primitive and simple and I don't know if you want to call it more black metal orientated or whatever, but I still think it doesn't sound like any of the other black metal bands from back then or from today, for that sake. I mean, it's it's always just been what comes naturally and what has made ourselves happy to do. We don't play for other people. We just do what we like. And if other people like it too, well, that's fair enough. That's good, of course. But the most important thing to us is that we like it ourselves, really, and we keep ourselves happy with that. That's all that counts. And looking at the last 20-year span for your discography, it seems that you're pretty consistent releasing a record each year. However, two of which are albums, the new one, uh, Death and the Beyond, and uh, The Horrors of Satan, which is the first album, there's a, a six-year span in between both. Is it is it a particular reason that you have a lack of albums? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, good music takes time to compose. And a lot of bands today simply forget how to compose and actually put feelings and thoughts into the music. They just know they have to do like eight or ten tracks to make an album. They just write them fast and whatever and don't really care too much about it, I think. And a lot of bands just sign deals with labels that say you have to do one album a year or something and I, I don't believe in that I don't think you can spit out an album once a year and making it a really fucking great album I don't think so good music takes time and that's what we did this time again we just spend our time in the rehearsal room composing and actually writing not just gluing together riffs or whatever lyrically it seems that denial of god is more complex and you, you focus upon stories where do you gain your inspiration for your lyrics are they your sole creation i, I write almost all of the lyrics and i think pretty much all of it comes from my own sick thoughts or whatever and nightmares and whatever but I mean, I read books, of course, and I watch a hell of a lot of movies. And, of course, you get inspired by them, too. But um, it's not really like we base songs on movies. I mean, there has been inspirations for sure, but it would be an easy way to go, of course. But I, I have so many stories to tell myself. Uh, you'll see <laughs> in the future. It seems like the overall feeling on Death and the Beyond is a very melancholy atmosphere, uh, were you focused more on presenting a uh, a somber perspective to the tragic death theme, or was that just something that's my own thoughts on it, the... It's true. Um, the album is probably a bit more depressing, um, melancholic and all that uh, than, than the previous songs, maybe. But the whole story behind the album is it's simply based on death and what happens after death and 
it calls for a certain atmosphere and the riffs just turned out like they did and it all just connected so well so it's it's maybe a bit slower in some parts and than than the horse of satan was but i think it works really fine it works really great this way uh horse of satan was probably a bit faster but the lyrics on that album called for faster songs and next time maybe we'll go faster again you never know it, it's not like it's a slow ba- slow album we did now at all it's actually some really fucking fast parts on there but oh yeah there in are general yeah. yeah in general it's really melancholic in many places and yeah it's, there's definitely i mean i think one who hasn't heard the album yet hearing like there's slower parts and stuff like there's not like doom or something like in a slower out it's just slower from being you know a blast beat the whole time like but you you do have that as well you know you, you have your thrash mm. you have your blast you do have your slower parts and, and you know, like i said yeah there's you know the more melancholy and it's all i think it's just a very i think diversity would be an easy way to sum it all up we always ended up with songs that are really you call it diverse yeah it's like you get on the album you get everything from black death doom new way for british heavy metal you get pretty much a bit of everything blended together yeah i, I and i think that's one thing that attracts me so much to denial of god is it does have that but it's not very obvious like you're going like wow that sounds like you know an iron maiden riff or something it's just like it's true to its own but the influence is definitely there to shape it into your own so i i you recorded death and beyond using analog which i think you pretty much do every recording using analog Mm -hmm. i think with most bands and i and i definitely don't think it's for denial of god but i think a lot of bands especially when there was that whole new thrash wave coming around but most bands say that they're using analog and i personally think that they don't even know the difference between digital to analog and they pretty much just say it so it sounds like you know, we're old school we you know, we did this analog and or they they track some stuff using analog but then they'll finish the rest of the album using digital which i think mm. kind of what's the point in the end you know you're going to still kind of going to get a little bit of the the warmth or whatnot from the analog but not exactly it's not going to pan out through the, the entire recording so in the end what's the point yeah, I mean the sound. The sound with analog is great. It's it's real. It sounds real. It sounds alive. Wrong word to use, <laughs> maybe with this band, but it's, it comes <laughs> alive, you know. And uh, and you know when someone recorded something analog, you know the band actually played the things you hear. Uh, with digital recordings, you can put everything you want in the computer, move it around. Uh, as you want to until you have a song maybe the band never played it that way at all and i think that's just fucking fake so there's no drum editing going on on the death and beyond (laughs) of course some some things have been recorded uh, in more takes where maybe the first half of the song was great then there was some mistakes in the second part and then you just played the last part again or something but i mean in general yeah it's um it's the real deal that way, I think. Absolutely, because it's it was still played by the drummer. It just wasn't happy yeah, to be I mean, in that I've, tape. I've been I've been to the studio watching another band uh, record, and they did it digitally, and they moved every simple hit and whatever around until they sounded like the tightest band in the world. And the real recording of it didn't sound like that at all. And I think that's that's not you know it just seems wrong wrong and, and just also, doesn't sound also good. the analog sound sounds better to me 
I like it a bit dirty. I think I, I it's definitely noticeable there. I mean, especially I, I hear mo- mostly on the, the the drums. There's a very just a mm. very warm drum feeling, very exactly. very heavy. The cymbals, yeah, uh, and, and just even a nice uh, good warm uh, low tone out of it. Very uh, very uh, nice drum sound on it. I, I thought the whole record sounded really good, but that was definitely what I noticed the most was was mm. in the drums. And I, that's kind of, I'm kind of a sucker for like a good drum sound that can kind of break or make or break yeah. a recording for me. And, yeah. But uh, so from a past interview with Aster, he had stated that your name Ustamalagam and Aster both come from a spirit in which you had contact with. Can you tell mm. us a little bit about this contact and kind of how you obtain the names from it? Oh, that was actually more spirits. That wasn't just one. Uh, that was that was years ago. That was uh, before uh, the band or in the beginning of the band. I don't really remember now because we had different names in the in the really early beginning of the band. But it was me and some friends contacting some spirits and simply got the names from there. Uh, you know, like the Ouija kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it simply came from there, asking asking them for the names and what they meant and different things, you know. I well, got it all written down on paper still to this day. It's cool to still look at. What do the names mean? Uh, Ustumalagam means death bringer. Uh, Asta means hate. Hmm. And was pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> were these like the, the names of the spirits then you were talking to? or Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what, like, were those, like, what kind of language would that name come with? Like, that's not Danish, is it? No, I don't know. <laughs> Ask them. Enochian? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I think every Danish person we, probably we, just we laughed at me. <laughs> we, remember we asked them if they were, like, good or bad spirits and whatever, and I remember the spirit with the Aster name said it was evil. And the one with the Ustomalagam name said it was neutral. It wasn't good nor bad. And when you think about it, it makes sense. It was death. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So clearly, mm. by the name of, by the name denial of God, there's no mistaking your views on Christian beliefs. But you know, mm. discussing spirits and whatnot, you know, it, there's obviously some sort of belief in an afterlife and whatnot. And Kind of, in my opinion, you know, God, Satan, and all that stuff, spirits, they all go hand in hand, in my opinion. So it's kind of interesting for me to, you know, to hear that, you know, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, I know where you stand as far as the the Christian God or any God, more or less. (laughs) And then to believe in spirits and stuff, it kind of, it makes me wonder what is, what is exactly your take then on it is like are, are you you're not atheist or like what is what's your perspective on spirits and religion and all that uh well uh there's something uh we normally try to avoid these things because uh, uh to talk about them because i think it's really personal things and what goes on in my head and heart doesn't really doesn't really it's not really of other people's concern but let's just say yes there is something and i believe in it for sure and uh, but when we talk about these spirits things it's also stuff we did like when we were like what 14 years old or something i would still do it today of course but um 
still always considered a total black metal band. I think there's a lot more to it than just a black metal band. Um, it's a bit funny. We'll, we'll, we'll never get rid of that, um, what do you call that? Not a, people will always combine us with a total black metal band, but we're not really only that. We're so much more to it. That's also horror metal, you know? Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Mm. As most people are aware, you know, Aster and yourself are brothers, and I've often wondered how the dynamic between bandmates who are related differs for better or for worse as having a, a, a you know relationship between a bandmate that sh- you're, you're not related to. I mean, from from experience myself, you know, you you have your ugly times, <clears throat> and I would only imagine that if one that's family would almost could almost be uglier or is it is that not the case or is it, is it easier do you think because you're related or do you think it makes it harder i don't really know that's actually an interesting question um the thing is it's really easy because we know each other so well mm-hmm. we got the same taste in music and movies and all that and pretty much like everything the other one comes up with, like music and lyrics and all that. So that way it works really, really great, of course. Um, if there's a bad thing about it, it would probably be that if you have like a bad day, you take it out on the one closest to you as the first one, of course. So, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess we fight like other brothers too sometimes. But probably <laughs> less, actually. So it's no problem at all. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I've hmm. often wondered about that. And so, did you and Aster both grow up with the same bands of interest, or was it one brother's duty to kind of introduce it to the other? Like something maybe that was well, he, you know, one was more into the black metal, one more more into death metal, and it's like, and then you're cross genres. Like, well, hey, you know, check out this band, and oh, well, that's cool. Check out this band. We we pretty much always found the same bands at the same time because we did all like. <laughs> vinyl chasing and all that at the same time in the same shops and all that so if one guy knew something the other guy knew it too so yeah it was really easy actually but how did uh how did metal and horror become a part of your lives well metal came actually from the library (laughs) oh really um yeah i was checking out so much music when i was like eight nine ten years old and just wanted something that looked crazy and maybe it sounded crazy too and all that and I, I borrowed all these shitty albums that just looked like metal and they were like uh, well it was like sticks and asia and journey and all that but it didn't really catch my attention until i got hold of uh, iron maiden life after death when i was 10 and it just it was that was the real deal i could hear right away and uh yeah Aster got into it too at the same time too we were just fascinated with that and then it just kept on growing from there you know and then have was it like since you know metal obviously gears towards a darker side did horror just kind of come into place from that too yeah i mean i i I guess one of the reasons why i actually got a hold of that iron maiden album was because it looked great it looked fucking awesome. It still does, <laughs> yeah. you know. And um, yeah, and about the horror moves, well, 
I guess we were into them even before that. I always watched horror movies as long as I can remember. And I didn't have parents that said, you cannot watch this or that and whatever. They were always all right with everything. So it was really easy. It was just hard to get a hold of back then. But Yeah, it's nothing like today. (laughs) No, no, you can get everything for free today. It's strange. Yes, which could be... I think it could be a good thing is if you're going to check it out, but it seems to be detrimental because that's all people take it then, you know? And you can that's download something. Yeah. I mean, I, ch- I check stuff out on the net too, of course. Absolutely. I'm like other people too on that point, but if I like it, I buy it. That's for sure. And I, mean, I think that's what gets lost in the translation, but mm-hmm. some people just don't care and don't realize, especially for Underground, that that's mm-hmm. what's fueling it. That's what's keeping a band. I mean, they're going to see... I don't know if so much for Denial of God, but you know, a, a way smaller band is going to feel that one CD sale. I mean, it's it's not going to put you know put them on tour or anything, but mm-hmm. I mean, it might buy them a beer that night, you know, or, or something just to mm. make them feel better. I, don't, I mean, it's it's like you said, you know, it you don't do it to sell records or whatnot, but there are costs in being a band. I mean, who do you think? pays to record for an underground band's recording not everyone's lucky so most of the time themselves and where's that money coming from well it's coming from that job that you're taking off to record that album in most cases so i i think it could be it's a good help but it's a bad help at the same time and yeah that's the thing i mean when we were kids we went to the the record store we found like maybe 20 albums took it to the counter where you could actually listen to the album listened to a half song of each album and ended up buying one of them because we only had money for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but today, you just do the same thing on YouTube or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a modern version of it, really. But going to the record store was cool. Now, it seems that at least nowadays, or maybe it's always been, and I guess it would have always been, but a Bands that are really, you know, focused on a stage show or doing something unique about their appearance, generally, they can. It's easier for them to gain some sort of notice because people are curious. I mean, if you're going uh, mysterious or if you're just putting on an interesting live show, people want to see that. And I and I definitely think maybe maybe that might lead towards more success nowadays because there's so much stuff out there so people are looking for something to catch their attention and what what better way than to be the live show or maybe online uh th- you know mediums mediums like you know youtube or something you know posting a, a music video or whatnot and denial of god certainly has the whole theatrical atmosphere and i would suspect enough the quality of music it would be something that people would notice and it could be something that would become a very popular or the the it band you know that ever that people would want to you know make note of and start to copy off of whatnot and it, and it hasn't happened and it doesn't seem like you guys care so with that being said i'm taking kind of a different approach to a rather generic question but what do you feel is the scene is it a trend or is it of its own the scene i don't know i i often say i don't even oh i don't i hardly take part in it i mean it's there's so much there i don't give a shit about to be honest (laughs) um this everyone today has a band 
everyone. There's like a million bands out there and how many of them are even worth listening to? I don't mean to sound arrogant, but seriously, everyone can record an album at home today. Mm-hmm. And it has just become too easy to create music. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, people haven't copied what we do on stage or anything. And yeah, fine with me. It's not like we invented everything or something. I'm not saying that, but I don't know. Uh I never feel we get the response we deserve. But then again, it's, yeah, well, that's my opinion and I'm on the inside. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. But then again, many people don't get understand before they're gone. I don't know. It's hard to say, really. I thought Um, it was... It's just when I go to a gig... Uh, and watch another band play. I like to be entertained. Mm, oh yeah. I, I, of course, I'm there to hear the music. That's for sure, and watch the band. But I like to if there's something going on on stage. You know, I'm right. not saying everyone has to put on an Alice Cooper show or whatever. But some gimmicks, an image, or whatever, do something. Don't just stand there in your t-shirt and your shorts <laughs> and be boring. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it it was really bad, especially in the 90s. It was like you had to be as boring as possible <laughs> on stage. I don't know what the fuck that was about. It was horrible. <laughs> it's, it's almost as if it was an excuse, like, well, we're just the everyday guy, mm. and that, that's our image. That's what we're going to look like. It's, yeah. like a, it's an excuse for not putting any thought into it, is, what, is my we opinion. We play death metal, but we are so mellow, whatever I'm... <laughs> I don't know. I want to see brutality. Oh see yeah, bl- it's mm. the funniest part is, I the I remember the kind of the brutal death metal movement, and it's like you had those bands that's like, you know, they go on there and they're dressed in like you know <coughs> sports jerseys and mm. uh, short hair and whatnot. It's like let's fuck shit up, and it's just like, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. I, I think the only thing you might fuck up is your guitar if you break a string or something. But uh, yeah. you're definitely not doing that appearance wise, buddy. <laughs> and it's just that's what that's what I mean. <laughs> and everyone that's listening, that's a big fan of that, just said, "Fuck you." Who <laughs> <laughs> cares? Yeah, right. Uh, sorry, mm. I can't like everything. <laughs> but if you like no. it, that's cool. I'm just saying that's my opinion on it. You know, yeah, I thought it was I mean, interesting. I, I, I really don't. I don't listen to much new stuff really. I, I put on my old put on my old vinyls all the time and I enjoy them like crazy still, but I get so much weird shit in the mail, like all oh, these new bad death and black demos and whatever and most of the bands sound alike. Yeah. I mean, fine if you're happy with doing that but I'm not happy with listening to it. So <laughs> send them to someone else. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, there's always a new a new generation of people that that's, you know, that's their merciful fate. That's their their fresh thing at the time, you know, that that's Yeah, of them. course, and maybe it's just maybe it's just me having listened to too many bands. I don't know. I just got fed up with it. <laughs> so that's how it goes sometimes. I I agree and uh it's I mean, it you would like to, but you you got to go with your heart. I mean, if you're you're not going to force yourself and say, hey, yeah, I like it, because then that would uh, I be need, a poser, I need no? music that has a soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to have a message. Uh, not at all. It just has to have a soul and a heart and say something to me, do something to me. 
yeah. uh, steer some emotions in me, be it good or bad emotions, doesn't matter at all as long as it does something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. It's all that matters. <clears throat> now, I thought it was rather interesting um, a few years ago, and actually I uh, preparing myself for this interview, I it must have been your Facebook page I saw it on, or I don't know, maybe a few years ago it was MySpace. Needless to say, I saw a picture of some mm. sort of wrestler wearing a Denial of God t-shirt. And uh, yeah. I'm not sure if it's something as big here in the States, or maybe it's worldwide. I'm not a wrestling fan, so I don't know. But like WWF or WWE, those are the big ones here. Maybe they are there. Um, mm. But it seemed like it had a large audience, so I, I'm not sure what he's, you know, what he's under. But um, granted, you know, I would assume most wrestling fans would probably be into metal, but I would think that it's, you know, probably more of your mainstream stuff and probably even sadly to say mostly new metal, I would imagine. Um, yeah. So I would think that any Joe Blow just seeing a, a name like Denial of God would have either shocked them, opened their eyes, or, you know, offended some people or maybe a lot of people. Have you received any feedback from that? Not really. Um no, I, I found the picture. Or I, I was sent the picture by a friend, and he said, "You gotta fucking see this." I was like, "What? It's a, it's a wrestler, Vampiro. I think he's from Canada, if I'm not mistaken. And he's wearing wearing that shirt, and it's obviously a bootleg shirt. But uh, I was just laughing to myself because I found it so cool. Yeah, he was wearing it, but I found other pictures where he's wearing it actually. Um, but I haven't really heard anything about it. Um, I know a lot of people into wrestling, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really follow it myself, to be honest. Yeah, I've never heard of Vampiro, so it really... No, no, he's a horror wrestler. <laughs> hey, at least <laughs> he's got it down. <laughs> it couldn't really be any better than that. I mean... Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, cool with me. Yeah, at least he wasn't like showing up to it. He's got his Denial of God t-shirt and like Hulk Hogan back in the day just tearing it off then. <laughs> Fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate that guy. <laughs> mm. So Death in the Beyond comes out uh, July 13th, yes. and uh, it's going to be available on CD, LP. Is there any other special edition of it or just CD, LP? I have heard cassette too. Cassettes. All right. So it's even going so, more old school. See, analog on analog. Look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tapes rule. Cool. Well, I know it's a very general question again. What to expect from the future from Denial of God? Right now, all I'm thinking about is actually the release of the album. We will play, um, we'll play a show at the Metal Magic Festival uh, the 12th of July. Uh, and when the gig is over, it's midnight, of course, so uh, or past midnight. So the album is out. So there will be some release party after that. And um, well, haven't really given it much thought for the future, but uh, I just know there will be busy times ahead, probably some tours or whatever. Hopefully, the states and Brazil or something. That'd be great. We'll be talking a bit about that, yeah. Let's see what happens. There's nothing down on paper, so can't really say too much but we're already having some ideas for new songs too so um, it's not like we're resting at all there can't be no rest <laughs> only when you're dead well i knew i would like to end the show with uh playing a song and 
I'm going to play a song off the latest record, and uh, I chose uh, Funeral. Can you uh, tell us a little bit what what is the whole message behind this song or the lyrical content? It's funny you ask me because that's the only lyric on the album I didn't write. Oh, <laughs> what's your take on it? No, it's, um, it's simply, uh, yeah, well, the song title actually explains it pretty well. It's about a funeral. It's about a guy being buried and how he sees the whole event and how his how the darkness is closing in on him really it's it's very simple and it's a slow song actually it's a slow song on the album maybe a bit different from the other ones but um, it's a good opening track don't get too shocked death in the beyond will be out july 13th and this is the song funeral <laughs>
was an interesting topic and i was asking ustu a little bit and uh didn't get his full opinion on it but uh did get you know a little bit of insight about denial of god using uh analog and you know i thought really for the newer age bands especially as i kind of commented on when i asked him but i think that most people when especially because there was that you know that whole thrash hype and it was kind of like, hey, we you know we did this analog. And it was like, do you know the fucking difference between analog and digital? And I don't think they did. It's almost like uh, you're trying to gain some sort of respect or image. You know, I have a problem where, with that. You that know? That's where it, it just lets your music do the talking, I guess. It's kind of well, maybe. Said, I guess, sure. You know, I, I don't know. That's because I, well I don't said. give a fuck how you recorded it. You know, if you recorded right. it in the bedroom across the hall or if you were in some studio with, you know, reel to reel, it doesn't matter. If it's good, it's good. And, you know, that that's for the listener. I honestly think it's a very cliche thing. Like, hey, we did this whole analog, you know, and it's just like you don't know a fucking difference. He obviously does. You know, to have the talent to sit down and do that, like he said, you know, you can't just piece things together if you do it analog because you've got to be able to play the whole thing start to finish. Right. And and that's that's very respectful because you know, anybody who's picked up a guitar and 
try or a drum or, or especially drum drumsticks, yeah, and, and try to to lay something down, you know, to be spot on, start to finish. I don't know, <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that that are, and I know people who are spot on, start to finish. You right, know, I, right. I, I'm human and I'm fallible, so it has been very impressive. It's hard to believe. I know. <laughs> you know I thought for a time there, especially when the, like the, you know the whole thrash thing. Wait, hold on. I'll rephrase that. The whole thrash thing was going on. I didn't want it to sound like it's such a drag, you know, because you're into what you're into. But it was just like everyone was like, well, we did this analog. We did this analog. It's like, really? You're like, how old are you? You're 18. It doesn't sound fucking different at all to me. <laughs> I was just like, and I'm not sitting there ripping on it because some of that stuff was really good. But uh, it was a trend. And I, and I like to yeah, discourage yeah. people to not be trendish. <laughs> yes, join us next time. We'll be joined with Midnight to be a very entertaining time. Great talking to you again. I am Reaper. I am Eddie. Thanks for listening again.